Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman, member of Avraham Goldar, and today we're Zechus Yuma Daf Samaches. The end of the sixth parak Shnei Siru Yom Kippurim, and the beginning of the seventh parak Balul Kongadol. The pop quiz will be in a separate file. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, a Bryce was brought in Daf Samach Zayin on a base that taught that the Kongadol did not do Nituach, dismemberment of the part and sear in the same way as the meat of an ola is done, which is first flayed and then dismembered, El or Al Gabi Rather, he would dismember them with the skin still on the meat. Rashi explains that the skin was not flayed at all. The Gemara here seeks the source for this halach and brings a brace where Rebbe says that states in connection with the burning of the par and seer of Yom Kippur or Ubasu Perish, hide, meat, and waste. And the same is stated by the par called Mashiach. Just as the Kongal's par is burnt after Ayyadei Nituach, Velayyadei Hefshet, having undergone dismemberment without the flaying, so to hear the par and seer of Yom Kippur are burned after having undergone dismemberment without the flaying. The Torah states regarding the part of Mashiach, but the hide of the bull and all its meat, Bikirbo Upirsho, and its innards and its waist. So Rapapa explained, Keshem Shepersho Bikirbo, just as the bull's waist must obviously remain within its innards, Kach Oro, so the bull's meat should remain within its skin. Pointing to the Mishan Dav Samach Zayin Amabes, Baradamachok is regarding when the clothing of the Kohanim taking the part and seer out of the Azor become Tameh. The Chamim hold Mishiyesu Chutzu Chomuz Azar as soon as they exit from the walls of the Azar. And Rabbi Shimon says Mishiyatzi is Urbaruban as soon as the fire catches hold of the greater part of the limbs. The Gemara here brings up rights that teaches that the Torah states regarding the part in Sir of Yom Kippur, Yosiel Machutz Lamachin Evasarfu, he shall remove them to outside the camp and they shall burn. Now elsewhere, in regard to the Par Kol Mashiach and the Par Alam Davar, they are required to be burned outside the Shalosh Machnos, the Azar Harabais in Yerushalayim. And yet here, with regard to the Yom Kippur Empire, it says, Mechutz Lamachin, implying they not be taken out of Yerushalayim. So Rashi explains that it's evident from another Brisa that in fact the Par and Sir are burned outside all three camps. So if so, why is it stated at Mechutz This is tell you, Kevin Shiyatza, Chutz Lamachin Achas, Matam Begadim. As soon as the Par and Sir leave one camp, they're Matami those transporting it along with their clothing. The Gemara will address what Rabbi Shimon learns from the Pasuk. And point number three, the opening mission of the seventh parak teaches that after the Kongadol has been informed that the seer has reached the wilderness, he comes to the Ezra's Nashim to read the Torah. If he wishes to read the Parsha while still clothed in linen garments, he may do so. If he doesn't wish to do so, he reads it in his personal white robe. Now the Gemara notes that since the Kongadol can read it in his own personal robe, it is implied that the reading is not in the Vodah that should require Big Dekuni, yet... The Mishnah states that he may read it in his own garments. You may learn from here, Big Dekohuna Nitnu Lahanas Behan. It's permitted to benefit from the Big Dekohuna even when not performing an avoda. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying that perhaps the Kriyan Yom Kippur is different than Tzorak Avodi, meaning that although it's not itself an avoda, it's an avoda need. So once again, the three points are number one, a Bryce was brought up Samach Zayin Amad Beis that taught the Kongadol did not do Nituch, dismemberment of the par and seer in the same way as the meat of an ola is done, which is first flayed and then dismembered, El or Gabi Basa. Rather, he would dismember them with the skin still on the meat. Rashi explains that the skin was not flayed at all. The Gemara here seeks the source of the Lacha and brings up Raisa where Rebbe says that it states in connection with the burning of the par and seer of Yom Kippur, or Ubasu Perish, hide, meat, and waste, and the same is stated by the Par called Mashiach. Just as the Kongadol's par is burned after Ayyidei Nituch, Vlo Hevshit, having undergone dismemberment without the flaying, so to hear the Par and Sirvian Kippur are burned after having undergone dismemberment without the flaying. The Torah states regarding the Par called Mashiach, but the hide of the bull and all its meat, Bikirbo Uperisho, and its innards and its waste. But Papa explained, Kishem Shepersho Bikirbo, just as the bull's waste must obviously remain within its innards, Kach Basar Ba'oro, so too the bull's meat should remain within its skin. Pointing to the Mishan Dav Samach Zayin Amabes, Bradamachog is regarding when the clothing of the Kohanim 
taking the part in Sir out of the Azara, become Tame. The Chami as soon as they exit from the walls of the Azara, Rabbi Shimon says, as soon as the fire catches hold of the greater part of the limbs. The Gemara here brings up rice that teaches that the Torah states regarding the part in Sir of Yom Kippur, he shall remove them to outside the camp and they shall burn. Now, elsewhere, in regard to the part Kol Mashiach and the part Lam Davar, they're required to be burned outside the Shalosh Machanos, the Azara, Harabais, and Yishalayim. And yet here, with regard to the Yom Kippur Par and Sir, it says, Mochutz implying they not be taken out of Yishalayim. So Rashi explains that it's evident from another Bryce that in fact the Par and Sir are burned outside all three camps. If so, why does it say that Mochutz That's to tell you that Kim Shiyatza Chutz Achas Matam Begadim. As soon as the Par and Sir leave one camp, they're Matami those transporting it along with their clothing. The Gemara will address what Rabbi Shimon learns from the Pasuk. And point number three, the opening mission of the seventh parak teaches that after the Kohen Gadol has been informed that the Seer has reached the wilderness, he comes to the Ezra's Nashim to read the Torah. If he wishes to read the Parsha while still clothed in linen garments, may do so. If he does not wish to do so, he reads in his personal white robe. The Gemara notes that since the Kohen Gadol can read it in his own personal robe, it's implied that the reading is not in the Voda that should require Big Dekuni yet. The Mishnah states that he may read it in linen garments. So you may learn from here, Big Dekohuna Nitna Zahazbehan is permitted to benefit from the Big Dekohuna even when not performing an avoda. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying that perhaps the Kriya Yom Kippur is different to Tzorach Avodahi, meaning that although it's not itself an avoda, it's an avoda need. Alright, so now we go to our Simmer Dav Samaches, and this Simmer was suggested to us by Jeremy Shywitz from Woodmere, New York, who suggested Samaches is Schach. So we think of a sukkah. So here goes. The sukkah's Cholomod extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a part was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat, and tuma sensors detect the moment someone left the sukkah, while someone dressed in Big Day Lavan read from the Torah. Once again, it's the motion. The sukkah's sukkahs, that must be more in Dav Samaches, Schach. The sukkah's cholamod extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat, which reminds the source of the par in Sirv Yom Kippur dismembered with the skin still on the meat, comes from a lemon that connects him to the par called Mashiach, which has nituach with no hebshet, dismemberment with no flaying. The Torah states regarding the par called Mashiach, but the hide of the bull and all its meat, Bikiru Upirisho, and its innards and its waist. Rapop explained, just as the bull's waist must obviously remain within its innards, so too the bull's meat should remain within its skin. So the sukkah's cholamod extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat. And tuma sensors detected the moment someone left the sukkah, which reminds us of the malchokas when the clothing of those transporting the par and seer become tameh. The chamim hold that as soon as they exit from the walls of the azar, whereas Rabbi Shimon holds, Meshiyatziza Urbaruban, as soon as the fire catches hold of the greater part of the limbs. According to the chami, even though it's known that the par and seer are burned outside all three camps, the Pasuk states, to tell you that as soon as the par and seer leave one camp, they are metame, those transporting it, along with their clothing. The Gemara address what Rabbi Shimon learns from the Pasuk. So the sukkah's cholomod extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat. And tuma sensors detected the moment someone left the sukkah, while someone dressed in Big Day Lavan read from the Torah. Which reminds us the Kohen Gadol can wear the Big Day Lavan for Kriya Satora even though it's not in Avoda. As evident, he can do the Kriya wearing his personal begotting. Now, this is not a proof that Big Day Kahuna needs a behind, that it's permitted to benefit from the Big Day Kahuna even when not performing an Avoda, since the Kriya on Yom Kippur is different to Tzorach Avodahi, meaning that although it's not itself an Avoda, it's an Avoda need. So, once again, the sukkah's cholamod extravaganza featured a high-tech sukkah, where a par was dismembered by a laser with the skin on its meat, and tuma sensors detected the moment someone left the sukkah, while someone dressed in Big Day Lavan 
read from the Torah. All right, now it's time for Four Bob Bat Chazorah. Dav Samachdalad. So the Simmer Dav Samachdalad is a secret agent. So here goes. The secret agent, secret agent, that must be more than Dav Samachdalad. The secret agent spying out the criminal schlacht house where they pushed animals off a cliff as their form of shechita, which reminds us, the Gemara Dav Samachdalad base asked why the Torah need to teach that a Saralazazel cannot be premature and two answers were given. So on this note, Rav says it's needed in a case in which one who sold the goat to the temple had a seriously ill person in the house and he slaughtered the mother of this goat on Yom Kippur in order to feed that person. The Pasuk told me to teach that the offspring of that goat may not be used as a Sirul Azazel, since it's not permitted to be shechted until the next day, due to the prohibition of shechting a mother animal and its son on the same day. In this sense, it's considered premature. The Gemara objects to this answer. The Torah said only, you shall not shecht an animal and its offspring on the same day. And this, referring to shoving the goat off the cliff, is not shechita. The Gemara answers that they say in the West, referring to Eretz Yisrael, shoving the goat off the cliff is tantamount to shechita. So the secret agent spying out the criminal schlacht house, where they pushed animals off a cliff as their form of shechita, snuck inside while two shochim argued about whether live animals can be rejected. Which reminds the Mishnah Dov Samach Beis Amadov stated that if a goat died after the lots were cast, the Kongal must bring another pair and cast lots upon them. And if the one for Azazel died, he should say, let the one upon which the lot for Azazel fell take its place, and the second goat should then be left to graze until it becomes blemished. The more brings about focus here regarding which goat is called the second one. Rav says, the second goat of the first pair should be offered and the second goat of the second pair shall graze. Rabbi Yochanan says, the second goat of the first pair should graze, and the second goat of the second pair should be offered. The Gemara explains that Rab holds Balchaim einen Nidchim. Living things do not become permanently rejected from the Mizbech. Once the goat for Azazel was replaced, the first goat for Hashem becomes valid again. Rabbi Yochanan holds Balchaim Nidchim. Living things can become permanently rejected. When the goat for Azazel died, its mate became permanently disqualified, and the goat from the second pair must be used. So the secret agent spying out the criminal schlacht house, where they pushed animals off a cliff as their form of shechita, snuck inside while two shochtim argued about whether live animals can be rejected, and intercepted a message with the cryptic words, it shall be stood alive. Which reminds us, Rav has said a precise reading of our Mishnah accords with Rav, while Bryce accords with Rabbi Yochanan. The Mishnah taught, they should say, that if the one for Hashem died, let the one upon which the lot for Hashem take its place. This implies that only the dead goat for Hashem is replaced, while the other one for Azazel remains ready to be offered. The Bryce that supports Rabbi Yochanan says that when the Pasuk states, referring to the Azazel goat, and shall be stood alive, it implies, but not that its fellow goat died. If the goat for Hashem died, the original Azazel goat is no longer fit for service. The Gemara asks how the words, it shall be stood alive, imply this ruling, and answers, The words shall be stood alive in the future tense imply that it stands now for the first time and not that it stood previously. Daf Samachay, so the Simmer Samachay is sheep. So here goes. It was a hard day for the flock of sheep. Sheep, that must be more Daf Samachay. It was a hard day for the flock of sheep when they watched their friend the Sirul Azazel die before the blood applications of the Sirul Hashem were done, which reminds the Mishnah Daf Samach Beis Amad Alv stated that Rabbi said, Mesa Mishtoleach Yishafech Adam. If the Sirul Azazel died before the blood of the Sirul Hashem could be sprinkled, the blood of the Sirul for Hashem must be poured out. The Gemara here adds that it's understandable that when the blood of the Sirul for Hashem spilled, that the Sirul Azazel must be left to die, because the mitzvah of the Sirul Hashem, referring to the throwing of its blood, has not yet been carried out. But in the case in which the Sirah Zazel died, why must it be replaced such that a new lottery needs to be carried out 
and the blood of the Sirah Hashem spilled out. The mitzvah of the Sirah Zazel has already been carried out. The only avoda that is essential for the Sirah Zazel is the performance of the lottery. The Gemara answers that it was said in the Yeshiva of that the Pasuk concerning the Sirah Zazel states, It shall be stood alive before Hashem to atone. This implies that it's necessary to be alive until the blood applications of its fellow goat, which affects Kapara, are completed. If the Sirah Zazel dies beforehand, a new goat must be brought to complete the Yom Kippur Avoda. So it was a hard day for the flock of sheep when they watched their friend, the Sirah Zazel, die before the blood applications of the Sirah Hashem were done, and then heard that the par and seer that were lost and found cannot be used next year. Which reminds the Gemara brings a bright review of the rules that in the case where residents of a town sent their moxes shackle coin to the base of Migdash, and they were subsequently lost and then found after other coins were contributed, the original coins are credited to the contributors for the following year. Rava said the review to holds Hoshana Haba. Obligations designated for this year may be offered during the following year. Abai challenged Rabbah's explanation from Yudah from Arisa, where Rabbi Yehuda ruled that in a case where the par and the seer of Yom Kippur were lost, and then found after others were separated and offered in their place, Kulon Yamusu, all the original animals should be left to die. According to Rabbah's explanation, these animals should be left for the following year. The Gemara will bring three resolutions that are rejected. So it was a hard day for the flock of sheep when they watched their friend, the Sirah Azazel, die before the blood applications of the Sirah Hashem were done, and then heard that the part and seer that were lost and found cannot be used next year, even though old funds may be used for Kabbana Tzibur. Which reminds us, Rabbi responded to Abai that the Yom Kippur parts here are different than the Shkani since they are Kaban Sibur, which are purchased with funds purchased from the Trumas Elishka, and starting with Rosh Kodesh Nisan, they may not be purchased with last year's funds. This is in accordance with the teaching of Bitavi in the name of Yoshi regarding the Pasuk that states, Zos Oz Chodesh Bechad Sho Bechad this is in the Ola of Rosh Chodesh at its renewal for the months of the year. The Torah is teaching that Chadesh v'havli karpim v'trumachadasha. Renew the sacrificial service and bring me an offering from a new separation, meaning from funds from the newly collected Shkoyim. This is the reason that found animals may not be used for the Yom Kippur vote of the following year. The Gemara brings a number of objections, one being that Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel that while it's a mitzvah to bring the offerings from the new funds, if one brought them from the old funds, he has fulfilled his chiv, just not in the optimal way. Daf so the simmer Daf is sewing and we use a tailor. So here goes. The old-fashioned tailor's guild, tailor's guild, that must be more on Daf for sewing. The old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters, lest one wear it on the wrong day, which reminds us, Rubber presents an alternative answer why Rabbi Yudah does not permit the last part and seer of Yom Kippur that were subsequently found to be used the following year. He says, it is a gezer mishum takala, a decree out of concern for a mishap that might be committed with the animals should they be kept alive. The Gemara clarifies that the concern is a takala de hakrava, a concern that someone might get preoccupied with them and actually bring them as karbanas before Yom Kippur. However, there is no concern of a takalata hakrava for animals that are sent to graze, which are not fit for offering, because one will not be preoccupied with them to come to offer them improperly. So the old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters lest one wear it on the wrong day, made a proclamation that any member who did not carry a sick goat on his shoulder, which reminds us, the next mission is to discuss the confession that the Kongadal says on the Sir Mishdaleach and the process for sending the goat out of the base of Migdash. The Gemara brings a Bryce that presents three questions which were present to Rebbe Hazar, and in each case he was evasive in answering. Number one, if the goat became sick, what is the lacha as to whether the designee should carry it out to the cliff on his shoulder? Number two, if the one designated to send it out took sick, what is the lacha as to whether he should send it out through someone else? And number three, if he shoved the goat off the cliff and it did not die, what is the lacha as to whether he must go down and kill it? 
The Chamim answered that if the goat became sick, he should carry it on his shoulders. If the designee became sick, he should send it out through someone else. And if the goat did not die, he should go down and kill it. Another Bryce explains that Rebel Yezer was not being evasive because he didn't know how to respond. Rather, it's because he would not say anything that he'd never heard from his Rebbe. So the old-fashioned tailor's guild, known for its strict rule, forbidding selling last year's Yom Kippur sweaters, lest one wear it on the wrong day, made a proclamation that any member who did not carry a sick goat on his shoulder would get one of three alternative punishments for the same sin. Which reminds me, it was taught in Nebraska that a wise woman asked Rebbe Yezer, since the various acts of serving the eagle are equally prohibited, why were the deaths of those who served it not the same? Well, she explains that there were three types of deaths, the sword, a plague, and hydrogen, a swelling of the stomach. Rabbi Yezer was evasive. The Gemara brings Malchokas, Robin Leib, regarding the reason. One said that the one who slaughtered a carbon or burn incense was killed by the sword. If he embraced or kissed it, he was killed by the plague. And if he was inwardly happy that people served it, he was punished with hydrogen. The other one explained that those who had Adim and Hasra were killed by the sword. If they just had Adim, they died by the plague. And if they had neither, they died by hydrogen. Daf Samach Zayin. So the summer Daf Samach Zayin is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue. Barbecue. That must be more on Daf Samach Zayin. Sizzling barbecue. The ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue, sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread, which reminds us the next mission describes the Ishiti's trek to the Azazal Cliff, where ten sukkahs were set up intermittently along the way, and at each sukkah they would say to him, Hari Mazan, Hari Maim, here's food and here's drink. I was taught in Abraisa that no one ever had a need for this food and drink, so why did they offer it to him? Rather, it was offered because the hunger of one who has bread in his basket doesn't compare to the hunger of one who does not have bread in his basket. So the ravenous Bakrim at the barbecue, sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread, keenly watching in anticipation for the red strip meat indicator to turn white. Which reminds us, it was taught in Nebraisa that originally they would tie the Lushan shells of Horus on the door with the Ulm on the outside, and if it turned white, they rejoiced, but if it didn't turn white, they were despondent and ashamed. They therefore instituted they should tie it on the door of the Ulm on the inside, but people would still peek in and see what happened to it. They therefore instituted they should tie half of the strip on a rock and half of the strip on the goat's horns. Rabbi Nachum Bar-Papa said, and then Rabbi Lazar Al-Kapar, originally they would tie the strip of red wool on the door of the Ulm on the inside. And as soon as the goat reached the wilderness and was pushed off the cliff, the strip would turn white, and they knew that the midst of the seer was complete. As it says in the Pasuk, If your sins will be like crimson, they will become white, like snow. So the ravenous Bachrim at the barbecue, sitting at tables laden with baskets of bread, keenly watched in anticipation for the red strip meat indicator to turn white, while enjoying their view from on top of the harsh and rugged mountain next to a cliff. Which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa azazel shia az vakasha. The term azazel indicates that the mountain should be harsh and rugged. It might be thought that the seer can be sent to a mountain in a populated place. The Torah therefore states bemidbar in the wilderness. Umanayin shibetzuk, and from where do we know that it must be a cliff? The Torah therefore states gezera, meaning cut sharply, such as a cliff. A brisa was taught in Yeshiva Rishmoel azazel shemechapra ma'isu uza ba'azael. The term Azazel indicates that it atones for the act of Uzzah and Azael. Rashi explains that this refers to the two Malachim of destruction who descended to earth in the days of Naamah, the sister of Tubalkain, and proceeded to a cohabit with the daughters of man. They represent the sin of adultery for which this year comes to atone. All right, that concludes the year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.